You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up? Welcome to another episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your girl, Jules Jesse, alongside my co-host, JC from the OVT. What's up, JC? What up, what up, what up, what up? How you doing? How you doing tonight, guys? <laughs> <Hey>. What's up? <laughs> you know, it's nice to see you during the week and not just on Thursdays. Right. Is this oh, oh, because we did have a meeting, yes, and it was a it was a Tuesday, wasn't it? Or it Wednesday? Was, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> You know it what? was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday, and and here like, <laughs> more special and things like that. And you're like, when was that? Oh, listen, blame blame it on the heart and not the head. I've traveled across the country since then. I'm back in Atlanta. Blame it on my head, not my heart. That's it's right. You know what? We, all all the things, <laughs> all the things. adjusted and all of that. Um. Listen, you guys, we have a great show in store for you. Um, I was I mentioned the conversation that I had with JC this week because he had some funny commentary um, because we were actually online chatting with each other the moment um, that we found out about this Atlanta shooting. Okay, so uh, JC, this is in your neck of the woods. Clearly, there was a shooter on the loose. Um, the suspect actually shot up a medical facility and um, killed one woman, injured, I think, about five. He was in the facility. He was at the medical center with his mother, who had an appointment, and then went to a different area in the building and then just started shooting people with a handgun. Uh, what do you know about this, JC? Um, I know that I left Atlanta for 16 hours and all hell broke loose. Um, and so I should probably stay here more often. Um, but, um, I also, I had, I was, I'm getting conflicting reports. I wasn't sure whether some people have said that he shot his mother first before he shot anyone else or was she not harmed? I heard that he did not shoot his mother. Okay. Okay. That's why I said conflicting reports. I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because I, we were, like you said, we were on the phone. We were all on the call, me, you and Besa. And um, to just hear that, I, my immediate thought was, I know why people they went and shot up Atlanta. Like, not that it's too oh. many people. Like, too many. It's too many of us, and we got guns, and we shoot back. Right. Um, but then, to my surprise, I opened and see a Negro, and I said, "Oh, <laughs> it was one of us." That escalated quickly. Um, and <laughs> when, I, when I saw, you know, because you know. Unfortunately, what we do as black people, if you, if you guys didn't know this and, and maybe other cultures do the same thing, but we hold our breath until the, the image is released so we can see what the shooter looks like. Right. Or what the suspect looks like. And we're always like, let's see if it fits that description. And so here, um, what I can tell you is that gun violence, it has no age, no shape, no form, no color no um, gender identity. Gun violence is each and every person um, that decides to do it one day. And it seems like it doesn't have um, an economic status. At this point, we have got to start doing something about gun violence. It is ravaging um, the United States of America. I, you know, I was looking at um, the reports about Title 42 and these people you know, fleeing their their home countries to come to the United States. And then I'm and, and a part of me is just thinking like, damn, why would you want to come here? You know, obviously you're I leaving that all the time. I'm like, why would you want to come here? Right. Um, and, and of course, you know, let me let me not uh, sound too privileged because I do under or let me not sound like I don't sit in a position of privilege because being a, an American, we do have a lot of privileges than other areas in the in the world. However, it's just like the fact that we fail as a government to address gun violence, the fact that we're failing as a community in the grassroots level to address gun violence, it's crazy. I mean, we're seeing it in the neighborhoods. We're seeing it. You're not safe at school. You're not safe, safe at the hospital. Nope. You're not safe at the bank. 
You're not safe um, in, in obviously the doctor's appointment. You're not safe anywhere. Um, you're not you're not safe as a 12 year old kid outside riding the bike, um, you know, and there it's it's unbelievable that we're still having these conversations around gun violence. I watched an interview, JC, on the report that we did on the shooter who shot up the bank and it was the parents who were saying not only did he have a mental health diagnosis and he was seeking treatment. He was on paperwork and he was still able to go get a gun. And 24 exactly. later, he exactly. shot up the bank and killed innocent people. As parents, they sat there and said, we should have been more extraordinary in order to save our son. Can you imagine that during Easter weekend, he was there doing an Easter roll with the kids, having a great time. They had an abundance of family around. And the next morning he gets up and shoots up a bank. They had no clue. Yeah. They had no vast idea. And so this is bigger than mental health. It's bigger than ACE, race, color, demographic, economic status. It's bigger than everything. It's bigger than us. And we have got to figure out a solution now. Gun violence in America is definitely an epidemic. Um, it's a unique epidemic that we suffer, that we suffer from. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't really know how to make old white men care about everyone else over their money. Like I have, I have nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I have no, we've tried all the things. We protested, we've marched. Um, people have even come to Congress and tried to shoot that up and they still are like, no, 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 guns are okay. Um, and so I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I have, I have no more things. I have no things, nothing, nothing else to give for this. I'm just like, I don't know what it takes for old white men um, to value everyone's lives, including their own, over their profits. Um, it's yeah, that's all I got. I don't got nothing I mean, else. And here we are. Every every week we're reporting on a mass shooting. Like every mm -hmm. single week we're reporting on a mass shooting. Y'all tap into the comments. Um, let us know that you're here. You're with us. You're watching. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. I got a clip. This was going viral, JC, and I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, there was a middle school student who addressed the State Board of Education um, about him wearing a, a political referenced T-shirt. Let's take a look, look at the clip. We'll come back and we'll have a conversation about it. I was told that people were complaining about the words on my shirt, that my shirt was making some students feel unsafe. Yes, words on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was. I told, I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. Thankfully, my dad supported my decisions and came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening. Just a statement I believe to be a fact. I have been told that my shirt was targeting a protected class. Who is this protected class? Are their feelings more important than my rights? I don't complain when I see pride flags and diversity posters hung throughout the school. Do you know why? Because others have a right to their beliefs just as I do. Not one person, staff, or student told me that they were bothered by what I was wearing. Actually, just the opposite. Several kids told me that they supported my actions and that they wanted one too. I experienced... All right. So that was a part of the clip of him reading a letter. Um, he's a 12 year old middle school student out of Massachusetts. So do you what are, what are your thoughts on this? So he's wearing a T-shirt that says there are only two genders. Does teachers pull him out of class and tell him that people are affected by his T-shirt? He needs to take it off and then he can return back to class. Um, then he says uh, that he refused to take the T-shirt off. He, you know, he didn't feel that he needed to be silenced in a, in a sense. Um, and that he has freedom of speech. He feels like he should be able to wear what he wants to wear. Um, and that there that who is this protected class of people? Do you think the school officials um, acted in a, in in fairness, um, I or have, what's your take? Better yet, what's your take? Have, what's your take? 
I have questions surrounding. So there was this reminds me kind of sort of um, of that interview that Toni Morrison did, and she was talking with some white lady interviewer, and um, the interviewer asked her, "Are you ever going to write books about?" white people and Tony's response was, do you have any idea how privileged you are to sit up here and ask me that question? And I, I relate it back to this in a way that it's just like, privilege is this little boy saying that transgender people have more rights than he does as a white man. Um, and actually believing that, right? Because if people in protected classes had the same privileges that people in non-protected classes have, then they wouldn't need to be protected. And so I'm not, I can't be mad at a 12 year old for repeating or regurgitating things that he hears inside of his household. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I have like, what are we teaching the kids, man? Like, like, I don't know. Gender is a social construct. And so my question would be, do you even understand, 12-year-old boy, what a social construct actually is and how that construct was created to benefit a person like you to wear the shirt that you wore or the statement that was on the shirt that you wore like, do you understand, like, how all of that happened all at once? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I don't want to admonish someone when you don't, I don't think you clearly understand what's happening. Like, again, you're 12. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm not going to get down on a 12-year-old. I just have questions. I think this is where sometimes I listen to Candace Owens, and I'm like, in her craziness, she has a point. I think for me, I think it's important that we... If we're gonna let one person, well, there's two things, right? There's a side of the argument where people are saying gender is biological. And there's a side of the, an argument that says gender is a social construct. Right. And, and then the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? I'm always of the agreement to say, you can believe what you believe. I can believe what I believe. I can experience what I experience you. And I don't have to question how that is. I can show, but, but we must have respect, right? That we must have. And so as I'm listening to this 12 year old boy, I love your perspective because it made me think about he is growing up as a 12 year old white man. He's going to grow up and be a 12 year old white male of privilege, right? He's He has that inherited privilege. And so outside of him discussing this protected class, I, I think about the administration and say, if we ban one, we must ban all. And that means if someone had a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on or a MAGA hat, right? because gender now is politicized, I would say you, if you're going to ban one, you must ban all. And maybe school no longer is the place to have and experience your political views. I think it's also important that if we should, if, if he is going to wear it, then everyone should be able to wear it. Now, hate speech is something totally different. Now, if this is going to be classified as hate speech, that's one thing, but if it is political, awareness, if it's social awareness, if someone had on, um, you know, uh, LGBT paraphernalia, if somebody had on, you know, uh, you know, rights for Native Americans, whatever the case may be, anything someone has on can be found offensive, right? If I find offense in it. But I think we teeter such a slippery slope because if we ban his and we say, we don't want that, then what happens when it's something that we want to be able to promote and wear. What if I said, um, what if my teacher said, there's no one gender, right? And someone felt offended by that. Should he then have been taken out of class? So I'm saying we straddle that fine line and saying, it's not a matter we, of right and wrong. It's a matter of, is, is he allowed to have, have for this freedom of speech? I think the pushback 
to your statement is that when we say things like this, or okay, if you say that there is only two genders, right? Then people that don't identify with those two genders are automatically erased by your statement. Um, the purpose of saying Black Lives Matter is because we're drawing attention to the fact that Black lives actually don't matter in this country and largely across the world. So right. statements well, that well, go are ahead, go ahead. so state well hold on hold on so statements that are inherently reductive, either actively or passively, should be in some form or fashion policed because at the end of the day, whatever your personal feelings are on gender. I don't understand what you lose to just acknowledge a person's humanity. Like, how does that hurt you? What do you lose in that is my question. Like, why is it so hard for a person to understand that a person is a person and may not want to or feel comfortable identifying with the labels that other people put on them? Well, that's always my question in these things. Let's but let's I want you to just and this doesn't mean this is my opinion, but I'm saying for me, I always like to look at both sides of the argument. What if something being reductive is perspective? Right. If my perspective is that no, if, if my belief is that, no, there are only two genders and you cannot convince me otherwise. Am I wrong? Then it's not reductive to me because I, it's not my belief. I don't believe in it. It's just like if. I'm if if I don't believe in God, I don't believe in God. So if I wore a T-shirt that said, I don't believe there, God is not real. There is no God. Mm-hmm. Is that redundant? No, one who thinks that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. It's absolutely not reductive. And I'm going to tell you why, because if I wear a shirt that says God is not real, no one actually suffers like but God that, doesn't that's not suffer. True. That's, no, but, that is very true. <laughs> because that's, that's very true. Because it's like, this is how we think about whether things are real or imagined or whether things are like, like if, a if social no construct or in real life. No but, one's suffering. If I say that God is not real, there is no physical pain that you will feel from that. You're not going to kill over and die. You're not going to have a heart attack. No one's going to pop. Like, no, nobody, da- nobody suffers any actual physical harm from that. If somebody wears a shirt that says that's not true. And and if and if I am a Bible toting person and I'm reading the book of Revelations, if you say God is not real and you don't confess that with your whole heart, you are going to physically be left here on earth to be dead. That is a that is a belief and the difference in between. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Think but about well, and, and think about this. Think about how is one is real and one isn't. But that, but one real is and, and one isn't real. And but for something to be real means people have to believe it. That's my point. I am. I am sitting here talking to you right now. Do you believe in my existence because you believe in my existence, or do you believe in my existence because you actually see and hear me talking to you? I mean, yes, of course. <laughs> no, which one? No, which one? Which one? Which one? That was a that was a one or two question. Like I believe why? I believe it because I see you. I know I I because there's even though I can't touch you, I see you and I hear you. So my sense is, right. is that you are real, you are here. Right. And so a belief is a thing that you believe beyond the actual tangible proof of such, because that is the actual okay. definition of a belief. Okay. The point of the the whole point of my statement is if if a statement harms someone or can cause actual physical tangible harm to someone, then that statement is inherently reductive, point blank period, because there are real people or real things that suffer, right? Me wearing a shirt that says God doesn't exist, no one is going to actually die. Your feelings except, may be hurt. Except that Your Jesus feelings crucified. may be hurt. 
your feelings they said may that be hurt. Jesus was actually crucified. And so there is that- a large amount of evidence that proves that Jesus actually did not even exist. This is a so what I'm saying but to this you is, is what I'm saying. No one was no one is alive. No one was or is alive to no, see Jesus actually hang on the cross. However, 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 if I say something reductive, like there are only two genders and someone takes that and runs with it and then decides to cause harm to another individual because they do not fit in a binary of boy or girl, that is actually harmful. That is. But don't you think that's but don't you think that takes it a step further? Because then where does freedom of speech live in that? Right. And so we'll ra- we'll wrap it up. I'll let you, I'll, I'll give I'll give you the final thought. But how how do we be? How do we say we're inclusive if I can't feel away and you can't feel away? Again, feelings are feelings, but facts are facts. And so, but if my facts speaking, are not your facts, no, a fact is a fact. That's the thing, and that and that's the thing I hate about Trump and this whole fake news thing is that. With Trump, for some odd reason, facts became things that were debatable, not things that we have all known and accepted to be true. And, and so it's like a, a, a factual, scientific, can be proven point male, female, um, intersex. Those what if are I don't the believe, only what if I don't believe in science? Sexes. Huh? What if I don't believe in science? I mean, people I, still think the world Again, is a belief. Again, a a belief is something that exists. A belief is objective. Okay. No, excuse me. A belief is subjective. subjective. A fact is objective. I don't have to believe in your God for your God to exist to you. However, you not believing in my existence could somehow lead and cause to me not being here, right? Because mm-hmm. when we take things out of a real world perspective and put it into the imaginary, then people just, the dehumanization of people is how we got slavery, is how we get human trafficking, is how we get a whole bunch of things. Because people are saying that these people are lesser than, these people are not equal, these people do not have the same rights or soul or whatever else as us. We create these inherent tiers that go number one, number two, number three, anything below number two is lesser than number one and therefore does not deserve to stand on the same level as me, does not deserve the same rights as me, so on and so forth. And so that's that's my that's that's my thing. I, I'm going to make you play this back because you said there's all you said there's three genders. You said there's male, there's female, and then there's intersex. I meant to say I meant to say three. Scientifically speaking, I'm sorry. There's three sexes: male, female, intersex. That's it. That's so it. I mean, so should he wear a shirt that says there's only three genders? Yes. And then I wouldn't have anything to say because that's a, that's a scientific fact. That's it. Like that's it. Like you. Could, but is it intersex it. just boy and girl? Um, intersex. So essentially, the, there's the, only the, two. the old world. The old word for intersex was hermaphrodite, which is yes, a person that is born, a human being that is born with both the male and female reproductive and organs. Yes. So maybe it's you know, I, li- I like words right? and research and science. I mean, I just think I think uh, my final thought on this, and we're going to move on. My final thought on this is that we got to be careful about what we shut down because when it comes time for something that we want to be able to uh, speak about, I want to have my First Amendment right. Like, I don't want anybody to shut down what's factual to me, right? Because it doesn't, because it doesn't feel good for them, right? Or it makes them feel reductive, as you would say. So, um, good, good topic. Let's move forward, um, <laughs> which which brings up, this is actually a really good spill in. And so the godfather of AI is warning about technology, um, is warning about the artificial intelligence technology, you guys. He quit Google and he's saying there's a lot of danger in it. It's interesting that we just kind of talked about this, JC, in terms of a, a lot of misinformation, because what he is saying is the artificial intelligence, these chat boxes, they're able to like sweep up a mass amount of information at one time. And because they are not biological, right? It's they're mm-hmm. it's factual, they're not biological. They um, are not, they are not. Because they're not biological, they, they still don't have a, under, a, a true understanding 
of how they're able to get all this information and then send it out. And so if this um, artificial intelligence gets in the hands of like a bad actor or somebody who's like, who wishes to do harm, this could really be a detriment to the world as we know it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think we have a long, long way to go before we get to iRobot status. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> we have a long way to go. But um, not, but not so much like for chat box. That's like happening now. Right. Well, no. And then, well, so. And it's funny because I'm reading a book called Homo Deus by uh, Uval Noah Harari, who wrote uh, Homo Sapiens, which is like one of my favorite books ever. So like the guy, that man is brilliant. But um, I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's right. He's not lying. <laughs> it's like what you want because like I mean um privacy security all of those things went away when the internet became a thing um and so I guess I don't I don't know the I think my thing is it's about how much comfort are you willing to give up to be safe mm. right um because to be truly safe, if you will, we have to give up a lot of things. Uh, these many goddamn computers that we carry around, um, some of the actual, the computers that me and you are talking on, uh, we have to reduce things. And so it's like that reduces our comfortability and our way of life that we have become accustomed to. And so how much are you willing to give up, sacrifice, be uncomfortable with to have that safety, to, to be able to do these things? So I guess... And most people ain't. So, I mean, you can sound the, uh, I guess you can sound the bells and alarms all you want to, but, you know, again, we're approaching 1984. That's yeah. actually a thing and happening. And then after 19, sometime between 1984, iRobot, and um, uh, what was the name of that movie with Will Smith? Um, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, no, I thought it was iRobot. Oh, no, the one where, where he had the dog. Yes. Wait, what's the uh, name of the Will Smith movie? Uh, oh, we can just say I the last of us. Yes, somewhere between. <laughs> it's just the scale that we are. 1984, I, Robot, The Last of Us, slash I Am Legend. Like, that's the scale. That's what's going to happen. And so I'm like, how fast are we barreling toward each of these three tiers? Of can I just say that with, with the introduction of artificial intelligence, <laughs> a couple things happened this week. One, the CEOs of artificial intelligence be um, Apothic, Google, Microsoft, and a couple other ones that I can't remember their names. They all have to testify for an oversight hearing in front of Congress so that Congress can figure out what the hell is going on. In the midst of that, um, this guy, the godfather of, of, of AI from Google said, listen, I'm out of here, okay? This is not what we want to do. It's dangerous. And we're treading into a territory that we're not going to be able to control. My initial mm -hmm. thought on that is like, this is the warning signal, right? This is the person who created it with his team. And he's telling you, we're not ready. This is not where we want to dab into. But it's interesting because this week, this past Monday, I had a conversation with my team about Metaverse. And initially when Metaverse was first dropped, um, about two years ago, I had I couldn't understand why celebrities were purchasing land in the metaverse and and buying and that and and all I couldn't get it. As we sit here and listen to this twelve year old have a conversation on genders and things of like that, this shit is so much bigger than that. It's like mm -hmm. we're introducing a whole new entity. It's not even it's we're introducing mm -hmm. a non biological situation yep. into the scene yep. and so we have yep. bigger fish to fry and so what i'm thinking about like do i want to be like what side do i want to be on i just want to be on humanity's side and to protect humanity means for us to kind of slow down and understand what we're inching into movies are real bro they don't make movies like i am legend and i am robot without being somewhere in the cut saying let's go ahead and just feed them this information little by little so they can get comfortable so, when we roll it out so so at the end of sapiens uh uval asked the question 
it's not about what humanity wants. It's about what humanity wants to want, right? Because mm, the one hard. good thing, the one good thing about religion, you know, even though I said what I said, is that religion has always acted as a moral compass for human beings to know, okay, this is the line that you don't cross. Mm -hmm. And so in that, it was inherently a gate. And there were people at the gate that kept everyone else at bay. And so now that the line of religion is fastly edging away, the, 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 the lines between what is ethical and unethical are also blurring, right? And they're getting pushed further and further back. And so my theory is after, especially after reading some books and watching some movies and doing all and other things is that AI isn't the problem. AI is the gateway into a whole bunch of other things like um, designer babies, superhumans, um, genetic modification in such a way that human beings that we human beings as we know it, Senator for talking, become obsolete in this new uh, what's the ghost in the shell universe. I know you I don't know if you watch anime, but if you if y'all people that watch anime know what I'm talking about. But you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, okay, here we go again with that. What did I say earlier? Tier one, tier two, tier three. Everything that's at, everything that's below level one isn't as good as, as level one. So now we can create and establish different sorts of laws and, and, and boundaries and things to govern these people because these people are no longer the preferred or chosen people, right? So AI, I don't give a, I don't give a about AI. That's cute. I'm I'm thinking ahead 100, maybe not even 100, 150 years, 75 years from now, when people are getting ocular implants or people are getting cybernetic, whatever else. And it's like, oh, I mean, you can't even be a real OG because you ain't even got, you know, magic eyeballs. You can't even see through walls, my G. How was you like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, well, it's that's it, well on the creates it creates a whole separate class of people because now we have capitalism coming in. Okay, so the richest people are going to get to be able to get the best modifications. And, and so the, now and we are inherently... Go ahead. What's the movie with the... Um, a, a, man, Will Smith. You know what? I just had this thought. I was say, <laughs> what's the movie with Will Smith where he does the, the button, babe? What's the Will Smith movie? Men in Black, child. It's going to be, the world is going to be like men in black. You know what? We're going to move on from this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm strolling through the comments and I just see Cuddy saying, what's the girl, how do we classify the girl with two, with two vaginas? So the world is bigger than women with two vaginas. And, and my response was a superwoman. Um, and I was just being stupid. <laughs> She's once, right. twice, three times a lady. All right, cool. Sorry. <laughs> that was a good one all right look you guys um let's take a quick break but when we come back we have a special guest in the building we have farah akbar joining us she is going to help us break down everything from the met gala 2023 honoring car carl lagerfield stay tuned you're watching clapback culture COVID 19 are my income my health and my family we were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. Basically, fam, believe in giving. Like, we have to be willing to give more, and people seem to always think giving means money, but nah, bro. It's like you can give time, you can give understanding, you can give access, you can give a listening ear and an open heart. You can give and share your God-given gifts and talents, but you just got to give. 
what's up everybody you know me and Besa, my girl we had to pull up to market street shoes once again y'all and you know we do this every season we have to get the new shoes the new boots and this time i even got a coat yeah no you did walk in without a coat I really i'm glad did. you found one but their boots were on point yes the boots the bags i even grabbed a flannel yeah you did you know and i was able to get some hats and everything i was really impressed and you know I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. If you haven't already, please share the stream. Let everybody know what's what was going on. Share the stream. All right, you guys. Like we said before, we got Farah Akbar coming on in. Let's go ahead and bring her in. All right. She's going to come in and talk to us. Hey, girl. Hey. She's going to come in and talk to us about the Met Gala 2023 honoring paying homage to Carl Lagerfeld. What's up, Farrah? How are you today? The fashion ninja. Yeah, yeah, that was um, so um, brief intro. I've been in fashion for 16 years. Um, and I used to be an editor uh, and I covered, used to cover New York Fashion Week. And uh, that was my name. <laughs> so I knew, <laughs> no one knew my government. Um, <laughs> it was just like fashion ninja, you know, <laughs> like, uh, so I was like, oh, you know, um, when JC invited me, I was like, oh, well, this is, this is an appropriate time to use it. Um, uh, but I'm actually in a, uh, <laughs> um, I'm actually in a program right now and I'm, I'm pivoting into fashion law. So it was interesting listening to, uh, your conversations before. And, um, we, we talk oh, actually a lot about you know, things you were talking about, like on the legal end. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, you know, in regards to like, you know, um, sumptuary clothing, um, gender, you know, like, you know, what, you, you know, what should, you know, should a woman, or it's it kind of, it seems like the, the pushback is like really like what men are wearing. Cause you know, people, you know, men are wearing dresses, things like that. And um, even like, you know, with like a statement, like there's only two genders and, you know, like how do these things place? Um, even in regards to um, AI, I'm, I'm taking a securities class right now, and um, and uh, blockchain securities class, which is pretty much like the regulation in. And um, you know, it's 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 it seems like it really boils down to like how is it going to be regulated? Because that's probably going to mm -hmm. be the bigger thing, um, Mr. AI Godfather. Like you created this. This is obviously a PR stunt. Like you might he might have a consultancy next year. This. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting point. And thank you for adding that. I thought about that too. Not that he's going away. He's leaving so, Google, but he's, he's, he's this is a he kind of like resignation letter. But right. you know, why? Um, right, right, right. <laughs> let me just well, let me just preface it. I was going to say, just let me preface it. Uh, me and Farrah have known each other for a little while now, and we talk and joke and laugh about all all the things. Um, and so she, when we were, uh, me and Jules were discussing, me, Jules, and Besa were discussing the Met Gala. I was like, yo, I'm going to call Farrah because she be knowing about fashion and shit. So I'm like, yo, she know all the stuff. So like, yes, she be telling me. I don't. <laughs> We don't. Uh, we are. Yeah. So we're going to turn it over to you. I have a bunch of overlays. So we got the looks from a couple people. We want to get. We want to know what's going on. So if you can see the screen, fair, we got our girl yeah. Kiki Palmer right here to the left. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's looking good as hell. She just had that baby. She's looking voluptuous. <laughs> um, I'm loving everything about her look. Tell us, you know, what should we be looking here? I mean, I know JC loves uh, uh, Janelle Monet. Now, you, what do you mean by like what you should be looking at? Like, what do, what do you mean um, precisely? So, by? in terms of the theme, so do you feel like these fit the theme? Like, obviously, you know, some are better than the other. I can't. I mean, Janelle yeah. Monet. I don't. I don't get the concept that she was going for. This is right so, over okay. my head. 
Sure. So, I mean, um, you know, Karl Lagerfeld. Okay, so the Met Gala happens annually because it's 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 pretty much a, a fundraiser for the mm. fashion um, the fashion uh, exhibition at the Met. And uh, it wasn't Anna Winter, but like a, the, another creative director, someone pre Anna Winter who made it popular and then who made it like a thing. Anna Winter made it like this, you know, this thing. It's, it's you know, more than like people are following, but, um, you know, 16 years in the industry, I, I, I generally have noticed that, you know, if you're not in it, nobody really knows what they're looking at or what's going on. <laughs> and that's where we are. <laughs> um, but, uh, so yeah, so what, you know, the, the whole black and white thing is, um, he just, that was his outfit for like a hundred years. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> but he was a creative director. He worked, um, he worked with Chanel, that was, a, and uh, Fendi, and uh, Chloe. And so mostly, generally people associate him with uh, Chanel, even though he, like, you know, from what I've gathered, um, even though he worked with Fendi for like longer, <laughs> and I didn't even realize he worked with Chloe. And, <laughs> and so um, people were interpreting that in a lot of ways. So uh, Janelle Monet's look, for me was actually kind of interesting because it was um it was it, it Legs sort of like this and hips and body okay well it was it was legs and hips and body it was just yeah yeah it was i mean yeah i wasn't you know um prepared for that swimsuit but i mean it was an exaggerated version of something Karl Lagerfeld would um would have worn let's take a look um, at some couples so we had diddy and um carisha please let's put them up i thought they looked stunning the roses i mean diddy to me with the shades and everything i feel like he you know in the gloves of course i think he hit it right on point um and i just i love this i love this couple for whatever reason it's it's you know young miami just gives him that boost that he needs right now in his life what do you guys think about this they got the matching uh opal rings or black diamonds that probably is. And then of course the pearls, like I see that is something that um, a lot of people are wearing is, is the pearls. Um, give us another one, Cuddy. Okay, JC, yeah, this, 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 is, this was dope. This is a uh, Jeremy Pope, crushed it, crushed it. Um, all those stairs. Who is y'all. Jeremy Pope? He is an actor. Oh yeah, he's an actor. Um, <laughs> you know, is, it's I don't know things. He's an actor. Um, he was just recognized for by he just got a Glad Award for a film that came out called um, Inspection, and it was about oh okay women having to. Um, hide their sexuality when they're in the military and he was fighting to be a right. marine such 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 a good film um so yeah jeremy pope is breaking stuff down let's take a let's take a look at another one cuddy my faves rihanna and um asap rocky rihanna was i have a confusion okay i mean he's giving carl all day long is that is would Carl have worn jeans with a kilt and eight belts and some bedazzled G? He did this wear something like question. that at, at some point. Um this actually wasn't my one of my favorites. I, I I you know, I mean Rihanna's she's she's a centerpiece, she's a Met Gala centerpiece, but I um I don't know. I, I didn't get it. I, I mean I, I got it. I mean the the flowers I mean, it's it's very the flowers are sh- very Chanel, um, and um, and the white. I mean, it's like black and white stuff. Like I, I had the opportunity to go to their office recently here in New York, and um, 
like we met like the legal team and like literally everything was black and like the bathroom was black you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i love they, a black they, they, yeah mm-hmm. like it was it was chic i mean they stick to that um so uh, it, I, I didn't like it. I, I, you know, it's, you know, but when you, you don't know, listen, don't filter your views on here. You just better say it. You see, we don't say what you say. I don't like it. The black and white are just indicative of Chanel. Um, okay. The outfit, I, I think I saw somewhere one time he started wearing that, like, he, he got skinny. He had skinny doing all these like fad diets mm. and then he started wearing women's jeans and because he was so skinny and uh, but it was like you know you know like new skinnies like they just start wearing tight things so it was like it was that was what not was new going skinnies. On at that point. i just caught what you said new skinnies. <laughs> oh the newly skinned all right, all right um, we got a couple more looks let's throw them up there cutty the- my favorite the champion of the night, honey. Um, this is, I actually life. had no idea who this was. Um, and so I had to look at it when I have no idea who this is. I'm probably late to the party. Um, who is this? Sean, that was yesterday. That is Michaela. That is the Michaela. Michaela that is whew, like she just out here looking like the Holy Grail. Just, just the constellations. She just looks like a, a, amazing. Whew. Like, I mean, my favorite look of the night, uh, just with the straight backs, baby hairs laid, the face, what flaw? Like, what flaw? Like, this I'm saying, baby, the straight backs is making a comeback. That's what I got underneath this hat right now. But my my edges ain't laid, y'all. But you see the straight, the straight backs in here. The stitch, the stitch braids is coming through. I actually hated that she didn't have stitch braids and that they were... I hated that they weren't knotless, but I also saw that she was bald. So I was like, damn, well, how'd they pull that off? Um, what is a stitch braid? Child, we'll talk about that offline. It's I'll Google it. I'll Google it. You Google it. If, you, if you're into braids, you'll know. But listen, uh, Kardashians coming through. The, uh, to be honest with you, I always, I'm always pretty critical of the Kardashians, but I really loved Kylie's look because that um, train turned into a jacket. And I think it's the the dress is gorgeous. I don't like Kendall's look, and I really don't care for um, Kim's either. Hmm. No thoughts hmm. from from either one of you guys. Um, um I, I like Kim's look. Go ahead. Um, that was it. That's all. I, I didn't. Yeah, Kim. Kim. I mean, you know, you, the pearls again. That that's very, and even like the the black and white thing. You know, um, Chanel's little black dress. Is one of those signature things, and it was inspired by um, she. She was an orphan, and um, she um, she was you know in this Catholic orphanage. So the, the little black dress is actually inspired by. No, it wasn't the orphan. It wasn't the the nuns. It was the maids. So <laughs> hmm. that's where that look is coming from. I didn't really get the sleeves, um, or even Kylie's you know, red, blue thing. Um, I, di- I didn't know what she was going for, where that, you know, what it referenced. I think sometimes the Kardashians just wear things and I don't know how much thought in relation to the actual theme <laughs> that they put into the, these outfits. Um, but, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, do we have any more, Cuddy? I don't remember if we did. Um, okay, so says that, no. that's it. So Met Gala for all you guys who know, I saw one clip. Lizzo was like, they don't got no place to sit down. They don't got no food. They don't got no drinks. And so I'm glad to know it was a fundraiser because I had no idea what the Met Gala was. I just knew it was, you <laughs> know. Oh, no, wait a minute. We have one more. We didn't get to see Lil Nas X because I wanted to go in on that. Oh, Lil Nas X. Okay, he looked, he looked absolutely ridiculous. And and I, I, Lil Nas X. I don't I mean he's so annoying to me because I feel like he does everything for clickbait. Nothing seems genuine about the things that he does. And so this outfit, a lot of people. Well, there's child of the internet. Yeah, that's exactly. And it's and it's like. I just don't get that generation when they do stuff like that. It's just, it's so like, here we go again. 
I thought it was uh I thought little Nas X's uh version of um a diamond naked Barbie. I was like, okay. Um, he was a cat. I he was Carl Lagerfeld's cat. Oh, he was a cat. Okay, so that's what him and Deja Doja um Deja Vu, whatever her name is. Deja okay. Deja vu. And so, okay, that makes sense now because I couldn't really understand, but he didn't have a tail. I was just like, okay, so he basically naked in silver with diamonds. I was like, now, from what I know of the Met Gala, this fits the theme. Like, the more outrageous you are, the more camp you are, the more on theme you are. I but that also confused me. Camp, though. I felt like, I just feel like, the body paint, the thong, and it just was the face makeup I thought was really like creative, but I would have mm-hmm. loved to see him wear more clothes, number one, um, because because it, it for what? Like, why do you always have your ass out? Like, that's not an outfit. I want to see your outfit. I don't want to see your ass. So you want to see his style. Yes, I don't want to see your body. I want to see I want to see something artistic. I feel like Little Nas X, his last few costumes are always with just his body out. He either has on a leotard or bikini bottoms or a thong and then that's it and some boots. He's not giving like it's the same look over and over again. Mm. You don't think mm. so? I mean, them corny suits, them corny uh, cowboy suits over and over and over again when he was first came out. Then he was given some looks. He had some outfits. And then now he's just naked all the time. I have to I would have to Google stuff because I don't follow Lil Nas X (laughs) like that. Um, I don't really use the Internet. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, Wait, Sarah, what you what you got? Um, I think it's interesting, like how you know certain musicians get into fashion i mean i i actually went to the coach show in september and i and he was in it and i was like oh okay so i mean i guess he's like an endorser or um spokesperson or something for for coach now um i i gather that you know there's this style might be some sort of like you know you know something that is you know kind of almost like kind of gay clubbish, but it's mainstream. It's very shock value. Like, you know, yeah, it, mean, it, gives white, know it gives white, it gives white twinks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You said I don't that. I <laughs> know what, what that is. But I mean, I think, I, I don't know. Little Nas X is, is interesting uh, for a lot of reasons. Cause it's like, you know, <laughs> one day you're a cowboy. So <laughs> He's, I mean, he was like, you know, he was doing country music and then, you know, I don't know what kind of music he's doing now. And, you know, now he's a child, but he's gay. I just like, this is a lot. He's got on. a lot of situation. <laughs> um, but I, I will think, also you know, say, I, the, go ahead, go ahead, my bad. Oh, um, I, I, I would say that um, also, but I think it's just something, you know, with this, you know, like these kids, these, you know, these, this generation of 20 somethings, um, maybe like, you know, as a 36 year old woman, we kind of, kind of laid the foundation for this a little bit because, you know, we, we were a little bit more millennials did. <laughs> and, and, you know, internet, Millennial, we definitely um, did. Just, yeah, we, definitely we, did. we did a lot of things and, and, you know, they grew, you know, they never had any analog and they just grew up with this, but they also grew up with us, you know, living in whatever our truths were. Um, and so I think, um, I think that's, you know, that's, this is a result of what we're seeing. So. Yeah. I would say he's just, I feel like he's, he's, he's trying to find himself and Mm -hmm. um, doing the absolute most in the process. I think my critique comes from my critique on everyone else's critique is like, are we, this is what free black kids look like. Right, because Jaden did this, uh, Willow did this. Like, this is what it meant. If, if Lil Nas X was white, we wouldn't really care. Um, and I think it hits well, differently for no, I don't even think white, I don't even I, well, white people would care, but it would be more of one of those things where it's like 
again, like white people, the lighter your skin tone is, the closer or more freedom you are given to be yourself and in the, whatever that may be, right? And so I'm just like, if Lil Nas X was even like maybe like Puerto Rican or something, we wouldn't like, it wouldn't be this big of a deal. But because we have a very dark skin, very queer, very flamboyantly outspoken kid, there are certain things in place that tells us that these things should not be right subconsciously and so when we see it we automatically repel from it and i'm I just like i catch myself that. too i catch myself i disagree too. with like, that everybody I, says I, think, that. Okay. I disagree with that because one lil nas x is extremely attractive he's a very handsome young man so to i i think the idea of that he kind of falls in this colorism line is not i don't think that attributes to him little nas x also came out into the music but his scene attractiveness, or, well but yeah his attractiveness he's, and his skin tone are two separate things you can be attractive in light skin, I, don't be attractive think, in skin. I, I think because he is attractive no one cares about what his skin color is and i think that he also was successful before he came out being queer and i think after he came out being queer he even blew up even more so Correct. I don't think it's about, I think Little Nas is accepted in, in his totality because he is so over the top, right? I think he's extremely accepted. And, and to your, further, your, your first point, this is what freedom looks like for him, right? Like he mm-hmm. is right. a simple version of the little black boy who gets to come out of the closet and be exactly anything he wants to be. So I think he's- Exactly. He is the poster child for for that. So I don't think there's any backlash because of that. For me, if we're giving him a fashion critique, right? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm giving him a fashion critique. It's obnoxious. Like, I don't see this as giving, but I also don't see the person who dressed up in a cat costume as giving either. I feel like that was like, that's not a look. I want to see a look. When I think about the Met Gala, I'm thinking about- How did you feel about Lady Gaga when she wore that- well, all of Lady Gaga. Yeah. I don't. For all of I, I only see Lady, Lady Gaga. <laughs> he, he's giving very. So it's, <laughs> instead of camp, he's giving very Lady Gaga. Uh, that's just not my style. But I think it also, you know, I think Farrah was talking about it with Rihanna. It's kind of, you know, the year where she dressed up like a bubble. I was like, I don't really get that. Like, it's not, to me, it just, it didn't, it missed the mark. Um, I think he is creative enough to do more than just to throw on a thong and some body paint. Um, I think it cheapened his brand, if anything. And I think that he could stand out a lot more. I mean, the boy gave Bantu knots one year. I mean, he he can come through with some looks and he can be more versatile. I just think to your point, like straddling this, like I think he's he's playing it safe by let if i just go over the top then people are just going to say i'm over the top and not creative as opposed to really putting in some thought and being like man let me figure out how i can hit the mark but maybe fair is right a lot of these artists are coming into the fashion scene and they don't know what they're doing they're just they're in a whole new territory just traveling around i like that i like that i want to make I like that. I want to make one. Just no, I was a just saying I like that. Last points about that is like, um, yes, like the one Carl Lagerfeld's cat was its own. Like that was like pretty much his kid. Like he had insurance. That he had just a lot of stuff. So you know, that was just the reference. Yeah, everything. And um, another thing though that came to mind is like I think to JC's point, you're right that you know this idea of like free black children is a, is a relatively new one um even though i mean like we did create rock and all this other stuff where you would see like that alternative person but you know thinking about like lisa bonet and how her career was mm-hmm. ruined because of that one role that was totally different from um you know whatever she, she, she was playing on the cosby yes right. and then you know um this idea also like in the Harlem Renaissance of the black artists and the responsibility mm-hmm. of the black artists and like, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. way Du Bois in that particular time uh, defined it as, you know, you, you're responsible it for, you know, 
working on, you know, black issues, you have to be, you know, substantial, you know, it's only white artists that have time to talk about, you know, write poems about, you know, sleeping under a tree, um, you know, and, and so I think that rolls over, has rolled mm. over 100 years later into, you know, how we talk about our art now. I think that's why BET, you know, um, for whatever BET's purposes as it is, is right now. Um, I think that's why they rejected <laughs> Little Nas X. And, you know, you, you're right. I mean, I think it's good that, you know, we do have space for free Black children, you know, the same way. Um... Oh, dang, we lost her. Yeah, we lost her. She was in a vibe, too. She I know, and she had her final you. point. She had a final point. Well, look, JC, <laughs> we are at the end of our show anyway, so I'll give you last thoughts. JC, when you're not here, where can they find you? Uh, check me out at JC from the OVT and at the OVT Network. One more time, JC from the OVT and the OVT Network. That's where I be at. All right. And y'all, I'm Jules Jesse. You know where you can find me. Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J-U-L-E-S. You know what it is. Until then, pull up, follow me. Let me know what you want to talk about next week. And if you want to come to the show, follow up. Hit us up right here on Converge. Um, thanks again for watching. You're watching Clapback Culture. See you next week. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.